Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Intoxicating and energetic, Bernadette Pleasant is a fiery public speaker, somatic healer, sacred grief facilitator, and creator of well-loved mind-body wellness programs, including FEM, the Emotional Institute, Emotion in Motion, What Wasn't Said, and Sacred Silence. The Emotional Institute offers courses, classes, and how-to videos that broaden the understanding and expression of our full range of emotions. In the 90-minute FEM experience, Bernadette creates a safe space for people of all ages, genders, and body types to explore their emotional selves. Everyone is empowered to fully embrace and embody all of their emotions and express them through sound and movement. Joy, sorrow, rage, confidence, desire, and more are all welcome at FEM. Bernadette believes there are no good, bad, light, or dark emotions, only emotions that need to be fully expressed. In FEM, everyone is infused with the affirmation, it's your body, you can do whatever you want with it, including love it unapologetically. Bernadette is a vibrant, sensual speaker who connects with those who have been silenced and shut down to support their physical, emotional, and healing journeys, whether in a classroom, on a podium, or in one-on-one private sessions. Welcome, Bernadette. Amy, thank you so much for having me. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to thank those of you who are supporting the show via Patreon. I literally could not do this without you. It means so much to me to have any sort of support for the show, but really the financial support is super helpful to me right now. I'm an independent podcaster. This is all being funded by me. So anything you can do to help that, if you love listening to the show, if you love the content I'm creating, if you love the guests that I'm having on, please support the show. I have amazing, amazing guests continuing to come on the show. I'm so excited. I've grown the most month over month in the past three months, and that is because of all of you sharing the podcast, telling people about it. So thank you so much. Uh, We had our second quarterly Ask Amy Anything in March. So that was for Patreon supporters only. And the topics were really heavy this time, but wonderful and necessary to talk about. And we talked about everything that's going on in the world, both from a spiritual and psychological perspective. And together we tried to make meaning of all of this. So our next Ask Amy Anything will be in June. So if you are not a supporter of the show, you can go to patreon.com backslash Dr. Amy Robbins and support me and the show. And again, it helps so, so much. And if you could also take just a minute to share the show with your friends and family and anybody you think would love it, you can do that anywhere you get your podcast. Just click on share this link or copy this link. Uh, and send it to, I don't know, three, four, five, ten people who you think would love the show. So you can also follow me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. You can watch me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And you can sign up for my newsletter on my website. Again, all of these things are great ways to help. You can also rate and review the podcast. Anything you can do to support the show, I am so, so grateful The growth I know is going to help me in some way. I'm not exactly sure how yet, but I know it will. And uh, thank you all for listening. And here's this week's episode. 
So I, I was telling you before we got started, I must have come across your work a while back and kind of added you to my list of people mm-hmm. I wanted to reach out to, particularly around grief and movement in our bodies and, and probably any sort of trauma we're experiencing or have experienced. So can you talk to us about uh, how we hold emotions in our body and the work that you do to help release those emotions? Absolutely. What an honor it is to talk about moving the body and our amazing bodies and how they, the stories that live in them shut us down in movement. Mm. If you can imagine any time when you felt overwhelmed, any time when you felt shock, mm. anger, deep grief. There's a stillness and a holding that happens. It happens to protect the soft side of us, the soft parts of us that are in need of so much care and love in those moments. And in that protecting, we we wrap around and, and coddle ourselves. In that place of protecting, and, and it, it, it's an emotional protecting. We are, we're, I'm hurt. I, uh, there's, a, there's the way our body moves when we think of that. It's, it's for safety. In that, there's no vibrancy. There's no movement. There's no flow. There's only protection. When the event is over long after the actual event is over what lives in our mind is that story what it meant to us how it made us feel uh, what all is impacted and and so that that feeling of holding continues and in that space we don't move we don't grow we don't express joy, other possibilities. We tend to constantly relive the pain. The event could have happened long time ago, but how it made us feel lives in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my work is to, to say, hey, I see you right there. No shame. It's, it, I understand. And it's safe now. How about we just a little, give a little air to that area that you're protecting? How about we acknowledge it, breathe into it, move through it? I'm going to be here to guide you. It's safe to, to come out and in your own time, but with some, some help. And I, I've created modalities that, that just helps acknowledge that place, that pain story whatever it is, because it's not for us to determine what's pain for another person. It's for us to understand that they're in pain Mm. and to offer some kind of air around that. Sometimes it's just a breath. Sometimes it's a complete exhale. Sometimes it's movement and dance, but we're getting to a place of more life because when 
we can move through something, not get over it, but move through something, we can get to a new place. Mm-hmm. And that's the work I, that's the work I enjoy doing. Um, it's so needed. I needed it. So I certainly see when others need it. So how does, how do you see different feelings manifesting in the physical body? And when they release, what does that look like? How would one know they've released feelings from their physical body? I mean, I, I had a very powerful experience, which I will share at some point where I released, I felt like I, I was like screaming very primally yes. and I f- literally felt like I was releasing, I released so much yes. stuff that wasn't mine, stuff that I was carrying. It was, it was like, it was almost like a moment where you're like, you know, you get like throw, you would imagine yeah. in a comic book movie, like you're like thrown against the wall type of thing. Yes. It was that powerful, but how do we know how would one know when they're there? Mm, great question. Uh, how do people get there and know it in different ways? It it doesn't jump out and tell you, but you might notice that you're sarcastic all the time. Mm. You may notice that you're constantly irritable. You're not sleeping well. Food's not digesting. You want to isolate for and i i'm all for isolation so i'm all for time alone but this this goes beyond this is avoidant Mm -hmm. of people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is there's a a a weight a cloak and it's impacting everything Mm. it's impacting how you work how you're with your partner how you're with your friends uh how you are in your whatever the work it is you do everything is just sort of, uh, there's an old term that used to be used, milk toast. Everything is just bland, mm-hmm. flat. Mm-hmm. And there's, and for some, they just don't want to get out of bed. There, there's, there's so many different ways. Um, I don't think it's a, it's, it's certainly not a one size fits all, but sure. there is no color mm-hmm. in anything you do. Mm-hmm. It can, it can, um, present itself as bored with everything. Mm. So it's sort of like the Adam Grant um, languishing. Yes, yes. It could be, it, it could be more extreme than that or even just that. To- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's, it's just all of these, nothing feels right. Mm-hmm. But when someone decides to give it a try or be courageous enough to, I want something different. I want, I, I'm, this is weighing me down too much. I would like to get to the other side. And that tends to happen with use of a coach. It, it happens, healing happens by being witnessed. When that starts to happen, even making the choice to look at it creates that opening and in that opening, once you start to acknowledge it, say, yeah, I have this. I've been carrying this. I, I see it. There is an opening that just continues to happen. There, and there, it's so beautiful. And it's painful. And mm-hmm. it, I, I don't want to speak to that as if it's a joyous experience because you're going in there. 
this is growth. This is growth in action and growth can be painful. It's stretching. It's doing the opposite of, of that warm, comfortable place where fear can keep you stuck. Mm-hmm. Fear is comfortable. Fear, fear is, you know, that, that, that cover over you and just wrapped in. It's sexy too. You know, fear is like, yeah, let's, let's not go do that. Mm-hmm. How about we stay right here and mm-hmm. watch 12 more episodes of this here right. or eat some more of this because you, you, there's a, there's a, um, a need to feed this hole that someone's feeling and that hole can be fed in so many ways, but it's usually extremes binge watching, binge eating, uh, shopping, galore, Mm -hmm. um, sex, just whatever it is, it's going to the gym, but going seven days a week, you know, or like really getting it in. So it's, it's definitely in order when someone is trying, acknowledging that pain alone, they tend to binge Mm -hmm. and, the the help that I'm offering or what I'm suggesting is that they do it with partnership with someone uh, who's holding accountability so that we can not hurt our bodies as we're trying to move through this thing. So how is dance different than other types of movements like yoga or just walking or like what are the benefits of dance and sound that you incorporate the drumming that's so important to our healing practices. Dance allows us to, and, and when I say dance, please know that I mean, for me, it's rhythmic movement. And I say that because someone doesn't need to know how to dance. They know how to do this. Children did this. I, no I'm a perfect example of this. I, I don't day. know how to dance, but you put on a song and I will be moving my exactly. body. That's it. My That's husband it. will be laughing from the side of the dance floor, but That's I okay. don't care. Good for you. Laugh away. <laughs> That's right. This feels good to me and my right. body, and I'm going to do this. So the movement I'm talking about is, is, is primal movement. So this is not something anyone needs to learn. Babies cried. And when they, when they need, had a need, they, they moved their body. They tensed up, balled fists, and, and literally let out a sound. And... Because of shame, shame at being too much, being too loud, uh, being off rhythm, whatever. Caring about what other people think. Caring about what other people think. So much so that you lose what feels good in your body. That's the work that I'm talking about. What feels good? What, what, how does your hand want to move? What do your shoulders want to do? How does that feeling that you are, um, that you are protecting that hurt, that pain, what does that feel like in your body? Like give it a sound or in a movement to, to just come back to our animal bodies to gut this thing, to move through it, to, to literally say, you know what, I've got this and it feels like that and, and to be with it so that it can dissipate. It's acknowledging when we, when we name something, yeah, when we say, oh, this is, instead of just blanket saying I'm fine, when we say, actually, that hurt, 
When, mm-hmm. when we can be honest with what it is, we can now feel it and notice how it makes our body want to move. What would freedom of that look like? Mm. What made you so angry or so sad? Like, what does heartbreak move like? What does anger sound and move like? And to give total permission to, for someone to express that frees them immensely. I use drums in my work. I use those live skins because they're unpredictable. They move with your body. They literally calm your nervous system. Drums were the first sound you ever heard. You heard that heartbeat. Mm -hmm. I just got the chills when you said that. Yes, that you heard that heartbeat. If you can just imagine, just kind of close your eyes and go to that safe, dark space of the womb. Not only was it a safe space, but it was a safe space for you to grow in. And move, right? And like move. there was movement. There was movement. We're, there we're was both this... for people who can't see us, we're both like Yeah, we're both praying. growing and <laughs> yes, yes, the, the, like you are growing and twisting and turning and reaching and sounding. It wasn't just a safe space. It was a safe space for you to grow. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I'm about creating containers where someone can feel not just safe. Cause I don't want them to go to sleep. I want them to be alive and vibrant. I want them to take up more space, just like in the womb. I'm just imagining that like, ba-boom, ba-boom. Yes, that's it. Ba-boom. Like as you're, when you're a baby. That's right. When you're a fetus or. And and so what happens when you're a baby, like that relaxes the nervous system. Your nervous system, vagus nerve, all gets to relax while you are moving and expressing and growing. And so I, I prefer to use and always do use live African drums so that the nervous system can be relaxed while we move courageously through whatever we're feeling, moving to the other side. It is really important to me to take care of the nervous system of someone who is moving courageously through whatever they've experienced. And so the drums help in that way regulate that nervous system. Absolutely. It, sh- it shuts down the sympathetic, ser- sympathetic nervous system. Nervous so system. the parasympathetic nervous system can kick in a little bit more. Absolutely. I call it hiding the broccoli. <laughs> any parent, <laughs> any parent who's ever had to hide the broccoli mm, or the, yep. the greens in there, just to, you know, the drums, people are like, oh, these are drums. This is awesome. The drums allow you to relax so that you, and, and simultaneously pulls more out of you. So often people will say, I have no idea what just happened, but oh my God, I feel like a new person. That's what I want to get to. I want the primal scream that lives in their body to come out. That primal scream keeps us shut down. I'd love to tell you a story. Absolutely. When I was, oh my gosh, let's see. I was, for my 45th birthday, I went to a pole dance studio. 
pole dance studio. What in the world is going on here? And I loved it. I loved it. I loved the sensualness of it. I loved the safety of it. Uh, S Factor was an amazing place to go and find this. But when I got there, as much as I love to move, I realized that when I went to do what's called a hip circle, literally just slowly drag one hip, bending at the knees and pushing it all the way out, and then dragging my hips around very slow, I realized there were messages that came up for me. Good girls don't do that. You don't want to draw too much attention to yourself. Is this too much? These were not my thoughts, but these were what I grew up hearing, those eyes, those shameful looks. So what I started to notice is though I physically could move, what I was doing was allowing myself to be shut down by other people's standards. Mm -hmm. I wasn't listening to what my body wanted to do. I was listening to the um, those who looked on me as a child and said, you know, Christian girls don't move like that or, mm -hmm. or just all the things that were shaming. And that shaming impacted the way my hips moved. The, it, that shaming mindset impeded my ability to move with freedom and ease. So I know that stories that live in our bodies can shut down our movement, can shame what's possible. And that can become a way of living. And what I, what I could have done was stop going. Mm -hmm. But my body, want, I enjoyed it. There was something about it that spoke to me. So I went back week after week after week and really started to quiet those those conversations and eyes that I was imagining that used to control my mind, my body. And I just kept doing it over and over until those voices, those, those mm -hmm. things went away and freed my hips. And what happened with that freedom is I found joy and movement and it also opened my eyes and my mind in, in ways that I can't even, the vastness of what became possible because I followed what my body wanted to do. Well, and as you're talking, you know, I'm always thinking about in my, in my work, in my practice, mm -hmm. that's a traditional talk therapy. I think you can, you can have great success with talk therapy, but there are sometimes places that it just can't get to. And that has become more apparent to me. My listeners know I was in therapy for a very long time and did a lot of work with that and have now, you know, in the past however long I've been on this journey, 10 years, been really exploring other types of practices mm -hmm. to release emotion. And, you know, after I had this like primal experience, I felt like, okay, there's still a lot there that the talk therapy didn't get to and, and probably could have never gotten to because these memories were not one that some of them weren't mine. Yeah. But the other thing is some of them were like so subtle 
that I would have probably never gotten there. I mean, maybe I would have if I was in like five day a week analysis or something. Uh But that being said, what became so apparent to me was that I needed to look at other modalities to just release these experiences. And that sound is something I haven't talked about yet, but I'm hoping to bring someone on to talk about sound as a way to release because I've been doing some more of that. Breath work as a way to release. Um, dance. I mean, I love to dance. And so that for me, you know, put on a good cheesy top 40 hit from the eighties and I'm like there. And so, you know, I just think it's so powerful when we can think about all these different ways that we can release emotion, become aware of, of feelings, become aware of these thoughts that have, um, penetrated our minds for so long, these, these lessons, these beliefs about what's good and bad and shameful and not, and, and, and use our body in a way to let go of that. Yes. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I'm a big fan of talk therapy. I'm so grateful for my therapist. And, and there came a time for me when quite honestly, I felt like we for over the years, we had looked at so many of the things that lived in my body and it got me to a beautiful place and with it. But in all honesty, I couldn't regurgitate that story one more way. There right. was nothing else to talk about. What needed to happen was a howl. It was a growl. It was, it, it, it and, and, and so I found places where this could happen, where this happened for me. And then I created containers and love holding that space for people. Come as you are. We go, sometimes it's out in nature with, with mud and sometimes it's just in a, in a room. Other times it's at the ocean. Whatever it is to just be with it, to just a place where you can literally let your hair down and not do the emotional calculation of am I too much here am I too loud here is it okay to be this raw will I come back if I go there yes 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 in fact you'll come back better but Mm -hmm. you know we don't have a lot of models to see where where being messy is okay and it feels messy I am forever telling people please come raggedy Let's do this. Like, let's, let's, we will clean it up later. Right now, like, let that go. That inner toddler that just wants to have the tantrum, please give it a space and, and let's create a space through movement. Because when something really sits with us, that, that locking in just holds on to the pain story and locks us right where we were when we experienced it mm-hmm. and and sometimes you know it and sometimes you don't know what caused this thing some things are literally in our dna there there are there are things that we have inherited yep so by all means there is no i can put my finger on the exact date time and when you're looking for it like that you start to shame yourself like why do i feel this way i have no right to feel this way nothing mm-hmm. happened and so the shaming comes in over feelings that are very real. Yeah. Yeah. It's a time for understanding. It's a time for understanding and just 
allowing someone to leave it all, uh, whatever they're ready to shed, to be able to let that happen. And how do you help move people initially from maybe the just coming into this place? Obviously, they know that they're going to likely be asked to let go. Yeah. But how do you help them get their ego out of the space a little bit so they can let go in the way that they need to to release the emotions? So just like being at this such a great question, it happens by example. Uh, you know, intuitively looking at someone and working with someone, you start to see where you might be able to help. I, my work literally feels like that of a midwife. I, and you cannot rush the baby. <laughs> my work is to be so in tuned to when the softening happens that we can move just a little bit mm-hmm. or a lot. And to just breathe with them and to be with it um, until some space can happen. And when I say that, it's different for every person. So patience is what's needed. (laughs) Yeah. Example of what it could look like or feel like. One of the things I do very well and that I love doing is being an example of what, uh, God, I hope I can use this language, what a, what a shit show can look like. Mm-hmm. Um, because seriously, it can feel like that. Mm-hmm. That is what it feels like internally. So when someone has been so presentational that they don't know how to deal with this real rage or, or storm that they're feeling in their body, right. and that storm can be a loud, boisterous one, or it can be a real gentle, constant one. Because feelings are so messy. Yeah. And beautiful, but they're messy. They are. They are. They're unpredictable and all over the place. And And don't make sense sometimes. No, they make no sense. They make no sense. And it's okay. When we stop judging and measuring them and expecting them to show up a certain kind of way, um, it actually allows them to just be. And that's something I really get to um, be with someone. And those, and the use of drums when I can, and I use, I use the drums because they tend to help people. Ah, like, like mm-hmm. I use this term gut, gut what's there, whatever it's there, that it is okay to cry. It is okay to yell. It's okay to be quiet. It is okay to, uh, allow it to be messy. It gets better, but sometimes first it's a mess. <laughs> well, and I, I don't, I've not studied animal behavior in detail, but animals express, right? They express yeah. primal, like howling, crying, like those are the primitive emotions. Yeah. Same with babies, right? Yes. Like they don't know how to do a whole lot, but scream and cry to express what they need. But then they get to the other side because they did. Mm-hmm. The, the, the screaming stops because something has been satisfied. Right. It, because, and I love using children as an example, because, because they express with their entire bodies, fingers, toes, hairs, muscles, everything gets used. Facial expression. 
uh, one of the things that happens when people are trying to contain it is that their face starts to show no expression because they are so busy holding all mm -hmm. of what's going on that their face has literally lost the ability to show any kind of expression. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I look at. It is the things the body tells that someone's uh, beautiful brain and, and voice will never express because they can't find the words. So it is my job to look at the body and to see the volumes that it is sharing and, and to ask and be patient and look with curiosity and compassion. That cocktail of curiosity and compassion has to be there in order for that softening to come whenever mm -hmm. it does. So dance and movement historically has been such a part of indigenous cultures and healing yeah. and in Western culture, we've gotten very far from that. Yeah. Why exactly. do you think, why do you think that is? Fear of looking crazy. Mm -hmm. Fear of getting it right. Mm -hmm. Over intellectualizing emotions. You might as well try to control the weather. You can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. You just can't. The thinking that we can find a great way to understand through lecture or reading, bypassing feeling all the mm -hmm. time and at mm -hmm. every turn. I think of the Dagara tribe in, of Burkina Faso. They have on a regular basis, this West African group of people practice grieving. They are happy people. They are not, these are not sad people, but they acknowledge grief at every turn very fully and move on. They're, How do they do that? How do they practice? They, they have a tradition in their grief ritual and, and the grief rituals are acknowledging what we're grieving, whatever it is, not tucking it away someplace, not making it fine, not... Um, but literally acknowledging there's a grief ritual going on somewhere all the time in Burkina Faso. As a result of that, what you have are people who can move through what they're feeling and keep going without the dragging it along with them because it's been acknowledged, light's been shined on it. In our culture, and released, I would imagine. Acknowledged and released, and released. And released, and it's done in community. There's no shame and hiding of this. And what that's so different from, um, I, I think of uh, Sabanfu Somme, who brought that work here to the States from Burkina Faso. When she came, she's, she's passed now, but when she came here, she asked a simple question. She was in California with a group of people, and she said, how do you people deal with grief? And she was talking to a group of Americans and I mean, there was- And they said, what's grief? <laughs> what's grief? What? Yeah, like what? Uh, and she, she, her question was so innocent. It was like with the innocence of a child. What do you do when you're grieving here? Like, what, what do you all do? And there was no answer. And, and her response was, that explains a lot. Mm-hmm. 
And then she started to mm. teach it, to teach this from her home, what they did. And I'm so grateful to have been able to learn what that's like. When there's a model for how to deal with big emotions, when there's a model of how to, without shame, we can literally see moving through something to the other side where there's going to be more life, more vibrancy, more opportunity, more love. All the things are possible. But it can seem impossible when we don't know how to navigate tears or when we're, when we're holding them and breathing them back and losing facial expression because we're holding so much. Mm-hmm. And so to be an example of moving through something, literally moving your body. You know, when I do those grief rituals, we end it in movement and dance. It is not a somber experience. Um, there, the body wants to move and be and flow. And so that is, that is expected and, and encouraged. The body wants to move. The body does move. Our joints open and close, roll. They do things. So the movement I'm talking about does not have to be, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a dance class. It is a, what does your body need to do and allow that thing to happen? Well, and when, I, when you think about crying too, I know I keep going back to all these real mm-hmm. primal emotions, but when you think about like a real good cry, your whole body is like in it. It's just not tears. It's like a like a purging in totally. that way. And yeah, there's that, like a lot of like rolling that we're doing here today. Totally. We're, we're, we're doing all of this rolling right, here. The, right. the audience should see us. But <laughs> I call that like trembling open. We are literally cracking open. And the body does things when we when we cry, when we when our, our body sweats, it moves. It's the waters that live in our body come out through movement and sound. Movement and sound can stir that. The insights that come to people when they are not sitting still, trying to think their way through an emotion, but when they are literally identifying it, I invite people to always, where do you feel it in your body? Allow a hand to go there. Give that feeling that lives in your body a color or a texture. Literally get curious about it. What's its, what's its weight, mm. color? What texture does it feel like? How, if, it, if it had a sound, what would that be? And to literally start to commune with that feeling with curiosity and compassion. We're, we're not harsh eyes of why are you here? Mm-hmm. But, but let me know you. Let me yes, know. Let's, yeah. let me get to know you. I want to get really intimate. I want to touch you. I want to hold you. I want to acknowledge your very existence in my body. I want to learn from you. What's here? What's the lesson here? Mm-hmm communing with the feeling, getting to know it, getting intimate, and to look upon it with, with, with wonder, 
with absolute wonder. Well, Bernadette, I would love to ask you a few speed round questions. Ooh, would you yes. be open to that? I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm going to okay. bend my knees. Go. Ready, set, go. <laughs> okay. Spirituality means? Spirituality means a connection with the deepest part of me and the divine, co-creating mm. everywhere and at every turn. Wow. What is something most people don't know about you? After I've done something big with the group or an individual that I need a lot of recovery time, mm. time alone. And, and, and that helps me digest the bigness of which, what just moved through. Mm -hmm. What is one thing you're really looking forward to? I'm looking forward to spending more time in Kauai that place feeds me. It feeds my bones. Mm. Sounds amazing. Can I come? <laughs> yes, yes. What is one thing you're deeply grateful for right now? Coming to a place within myself where I am more patient with me. I'm patient with the unknown. I'm patient of the process. I know it's all working out in divine timing and order. The fact that I am no longer impatient, but enjoying the ride. Mm. What book is on your nightstand? Well, the body keeps the store. I have that on mine too. It stays on my nightstand. It always feels mind. like a new read. What is that? It's like my Bible. I have that sitting on my nightstand That's, right now. It's always there. What is your favorite spiritual or healing practice? It's moving my body, moving my body, particularly when I can be out in nature and I can like the wind or the sound of the ocean becomes my playlist. Mm. Birds, just hearing nature and allowing that to move me. Mm. What was the most transformative experience in your life? Okay. I know Kauai is having a theme here, but it's my place. Yeah, I get that. Well, one afternoon I went and I hiked down a cliff. It was fairly dangerous, um, not overly dangerous, but I, I meditated on this cliff. When I opened my eyes, it was too dark to move. I was afraid to climb back up because I needed to see where I was going. Mm -hmm. My phone had died. I was by myself and I spent the night on a cliff in Kauai with a drop to the ocean. Yeah, that happened. I learned that night that I wanted to live. Mm -hmm. I learned that night that I could do really hard things and I learned that breathing and trusting and stillness has power that I, even saying it, my hair yeah. on my head, that experience changed me. Wow. Yeah. I can't even imagine the fear. Oh my God. It, it's, uh, it, it was fear and reverence, fear and awe. 
all the things came alive. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I knew I wanted to live and to live meant being still. And I got so still with my fear and with my desire to live. Hmm. Wow, Bernadette, this was fantastic. If people want to find your work, can you tell them where they can do that? Yes, yes. Thank you so much for this, Amy. This was wonderful. The emotionalinstitute.com is my website. It's Bernadette Pleasant is my name. They can find me on social media and or go to the website. I want to talk to one thing that I am really excited about. I have started offering private one-on-one sessions with people in Kauai. Yeah, find me, follow me. And if you want to come get primal with me privately, just one-on-one. I mean, sign me up. Awesome. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time today, your wisdom, your opening us up to this movement practice that hopefully people will explore and think about, even if it's just turning on their favorite song, like whatever it is, just feeling that, that rhythm, that movement is so powerful. So thank you. Like what you heard today and want to hear more, wondering what comes next and what it all means head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.